Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the Media tab. Thank you and God bless. We're talking about following to go forward this morning, and, and, and I'll get into that in just a second, but I, I just got to tell you, for you, for us, for this house, for beyond this house, I'm expecting bigger days ahead. I hear a lot of gloom and doom. I hear a lot of controversy. I hear a lot of talk about this and how bad this is and how this is going and casting an eye on the future and a disaster that's going to come as a result of what's taking place now. And you know what? God's still in control. God has been a good God, and I believe great things have happened. But I'm wanting to encourage us this morning every person that's in this place to see with the eyes of faith that there is something greater in our future, in your future, in this place. There is something greater. Can you say amen? You see, remember, God is always a God of greater things, that he, he, he isn't done yet. In fact, when he's done, y'all will know it. Trust me. <laughs> But until then, there are greater things on God's mind for our lives. Can you say amen? Remember Jeremiah? It says this, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know the thoughts I think Toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not evil, future and a hope. So I want to encourage you to attach your faith to the things of God in your heart and to keep your mind open, your heart open to believe that God is going to show you what those greater things are in your life and then act on them. How, how many know in order to act, you're going to have to make some decisions, I know a lot of people don't like making decisions. They don't like change. I, I get that. I, I totally get that. But truthfully speaking, it's about being on the same page with God. That's the key. Uh, so are, are you ready this morning? You don't look ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm a little bit scared now. I'm not sure what he's doing, where he's going. Father, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for your leading and guiding. Thank you for teaching us, showing us. Thank you for your presence. But God, I pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to receive the reality of your urging that there's more in store in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I want to share with you this morning about following in order to go forward. I'm going to tell you that's a simple principle. That's, that's, that's the one foundational principle we need as we enter into the study this morning to recognize that if we're going to go forward, if we're looking at our lives going forward and things happening, it's going to come as a result of following. Following in order to go forward. The, uh, the idea of this is, is that, first of all, everybody is somewhere in their relationship with God. And what I'm asking everyone is to not stay where you are. Whatever that, that is, whatever, whatever that is, I'm asking you to move, okay? Could you advance to understand that God has greater things for you? So follow in order to go forward. How many know it's, it's extremely easy to get stuck in something called good intentions? I mean, <clears throat> no matter where you are in your relationship with God or, or whether you've really never invited Christ into your life or, or maybe you did somewhere back there, but now where things have been going and where the, we are all somewhere in our relationship with God. And my goal in what I'm trying to share here this morning is to encourage you, don't stay where you are. 
don't stay where you are. Say that with me. Don't stay where you are. Listen. I believe that God wants to give us guidance. And when he does, we need to act on it. And then believe that God is moving us to go forward. I don't care what it is you're facing. I, you know, what it is that you might be going through, whatever surfaces itself, be it negative it seems or good or whatever. God's moving us forward. And what I want to help you understand today is what I would call the great invitation. That's another phrase I'm going to ask you to say with me. The great invitation. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you've got a great invitation. I'm taking you out to dinner today. There you go. See, when, when Christ was on earth, he would often look people straight in the eye and he would say to them this phrase, follow me. Follow me. And, and there are some you know, interesting culture surrounding the concept of being a follower back in the days of Jesus. And, and so uh, I want to look at that invitation that Jesus gives, and I want to understand what it means. The great invitation I, I would probably best summarize is, is by helping us understand the days of Jesus and the term that was used on him called rabbi it was used rabbi back then was used to describe a person who was seen by others as as a master or a teacher that they would follow or become followers of now please don't let your western mentality get in the way of what the culture in those days in the east with jesus was taking place back in the middle east because because we get you know master martial arts you know, all that kind of thing, movies, you know, that's, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? First of all, understand a very simple principle. There is a distinct difference in being a listener and a follower. You became or you become, well, you, you become, back then you became a follower by invitation. You just didn't say, I'm going to follow him. That's called a fan. Okay, we're talking about an invitation for you to be a follower. So even though it sounds like a command, follow me, it is better understood as a calling, an opportunity that's given by way of direct invitation. In fact, it looks something like this. Take a look at your scripture there, Matthew chapter 4. It says, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers Simon and Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately, everyone say the word immediately. There you go. Left their nets and followed him. Now, going on, go, yeah, try that again. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and, his, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, understand that becoming a follower meant not only that you would listen to your rabbi, but that you would become like your rabbi. It meant that you would learn to apply his teachings about God, about law, about life, so to be a follower meant, first of all, a follower was a believer. A follower was a believer. You weren't trying to be convinced because you already were. Being a follower meant that you were a student. A, a follower was somebody who was fully devoted to the rabbi's interpretation of the scripture, his teaching and instruction for their life. A follower then would also then be called a disciple. Now, let me, let me just say this up front, because if you haven't found this out, <laughs> trust me, you will. The invitation to follow Christ doesn't provide a complete and detailed description of the road ahead. How many know what I'm talking about there? <clears throat> you see, a lot of people uh, get paralyzed. They get what I call, and 
they get the paralysis of analysis. Let me know what I'm talking about there. Paralysis of analysis. In, in, in other words, when the opportunity comes their way to be a Christ follower, they get the, analysis, they get the paralysis of analysis. And, and, and they literally get stuck in a place where they overanalyze and, and want to know what all it means in the future and how this is going to play out and how that works, and they don't realize it, but they get stuck in a place the Bible calls the valley of decision. And rather than making a decision to follow forward, they stay in the place of indecision, which results in putting God's plan on hold in their life. They get stuck in a place of good intentions. Say it with me, good intentions. If, if you go back to the verse I just read a minute ago, back there in chapter 4, in verse 21 it says, Going on from there, he saw the two brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat of Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and notice what it says, and immediately... They left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, again, take a look at that word immediately. Immediately they left the boats. They left their father immediately. Immediately. Now, part of that was because of the culture, yes. Because this was a, a great privilege. It was a great opportunity to be invited to be a part of, or, or you know, when you're talking about this popular, well-regarded rabbi, even though Jesus didn't call himself that, the people were beginning to call him that. And, and again, this is an incredible privilege, and, and in this case, it meant acting on that without delay. Now, you might think, well, that's silly, not thinking things through, just getting up and going. Well, let me just say to you that it's really not in us to know how everything's going to play out before we make decisions in every area of our life. Hello? For, for example, all right, you apply to be accepted into this great, great university of your choice. And no, it's not Michigan, okay? Just, just saying, all right? Just, just saying. It's the highest state, okay? Just saying. You get accepted into it. And you get this letter, on, and, 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 and it's in your hand on Friday, and it says that you were accepted, but that you need to be there on Monday to finish the registration. And, oh, by the way, classes begin on Tuesday. You would immediately be phoning your friends. Like, and the place where you work, you know, you'd be calling them and saying, you're done. You'd be packing your suitcases and putting them in your car and getting down there as fast as you can because you realize this is an opportunity. It's a privilege. But you don't know all the assignments that you'll be given once you get there. You don't know who your professors are going to be. You don't even know who your roommate's going to be. Uh, I mean, shouldn't you really think about this a little bit more, you would think? No. And the reason is because what you do know is that there is an opportunity for you to grow and learn and literally take your life to a whole new level. So all those other things you don't know are to work out, and you do not let this opportunity pass you by. When I asked Kathy to marry me, ooh, happy day. Lucky, lucky girl. <laughs> She's downstairs with the kids with Melissa because Noah's sick this morning. But, you know, I can say this and be free because I know she'd say it's true. Just don't tell her I said that, okay? But, but here's the deal. When I asked her to marry me, she may have wanted more information. You know? I mean, I mean, she could have gone, what, what does that mean, marry you? <laughs> I'm refraining on this. You do know. It's a, she, she, where will we live? How many kids are we going to have? 
what are we going to be like? She had no idea. I mean, we both had no idea we'd end up where we're at in life. But, you know, I was just saying, will you marry me? All that other stuff. I was just issuing her a great invitation. I, I hope you. <laughs> I couldn't tell her, you know, where we'd live, what we'd have, what we'd be doing. There was, there was no way I could. And, and even though God can, he doesn't tell us what is ahead. The great invitation doesn't come with all the details of what gonna, you know, following him really means and, and where he will lead us and where we're going to go. And, and by the way, it doesn't promise that you won't have any problems or trouble in life either, does it? He never said... You know, that was a song I was singing, thinking, uh, I never promised you a rose. Go, forget it, it's an old, younger ones are going, huh? Uh, yeah. He said that in this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So when you answer the great invitation, he doesn't promise you that you will never have problems. He doesn't tell you every little detail and answer all your questions. He just says, follow me. You know, when God appeared to Moses, for example, in the burning bush, you got this bush on fire, and you got this booming voice that, that comes out, and, and he sends Moses on a mission with a message to Egypt. And Moses is standing there, and he's listening to this assignment, and he's like, uh, uh, could we have just a little bit more information about this? And, and by the way, uh, who are you? And, and, and who do I tell them sent me? And God says, tell them, I am sent you. And he's like, well, do you have a last name? And God says, well, like, you know, I am that I am. And he says, okay. And I'm trying to help somebody in the room today, really, who has been stuck. And you need to make a decision. You, may, you, you might need to make a decision for Christ. What's holding you back? What's stopping you from going forward? And you're, you're like going, well, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, and, and everything in you is just like fighting no but yet there's something building going yes can I just say to you today that this is a decision that you make that we make we all have the opportunity and the privilege to this decision in our lives and, and we don't really know everything that is ahead of us we just make the decision hello we make the decision Daily, we make the decision. Around every corner, we make the decision. We don't go when things go wrong. Where are you, God? And turn away and walk away because things didn't go right. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't even begin to come close to that. We don't measure God and whether he is or not based on what happens in front of me. It's not about me. There's more to it than that. <laughs> you know, social media has become a huge part of communication today. Am I, am I not correct? You can look around the sanctuary on a Sunday morning and see so many people on their phones, you know, just doing one of these. That's because they're texting and, and, and social sending, you know, sharing the things that I'm saying. I know that. Right. I mean, maybe you're on Facebook or maybe you're on Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram or maybe you don't bother at all. On the screen right here, this is our Facebook page for the church. What, what I want to show you here, and, and what, the reason I bring this up is, is that there is something on Facebook that's called your friends and or your followers as well. And you can chat with your friends in real life, you know. Our, our grandkids call on, uh, you know, Messenger all the time, talk with Grandma, and they don't want to talk to Papa. He's too, you know. But you can, you know, and, and so if you become a friend to particular persons, 
then you are receiving their Facebook updates every time they send a new message. Now, there are some very popular people who are on social networking and Instagram or Facebook specifically. Did you know that Baker Mayfield has over 300,000 followers on his Facebook page? Yeah. Matter of fact, the Browns themselves have 1.7 million on, well, no, I should say Baker Mayfield has 1.7 million followers on Instagram. The Browns on Facebook have 1.3 million followers. Woohoo! That's a lot of people. And Pittsburgh has 6 million. Something's definitely wrong in this world. And Ravenna Assembly of God, ladies and gentlemen, has 789 following its page. Not quite as many as the Browns, but we're getting there. Here, here's the point I want to make. It really has to do with how many you're following. Some things I've noticed about following somebody on Facebook are actually things that can help us better understand what Jesus means by inviting us to follow him. So let me give you a couple points here. First of all, some people say, I follow out of courtesy and protocol. Okay? In other words, the courtesy of your one-click button, one-click friend button, may not actually pay attention to the messages of the people they follow. It's just sort of like a courtesy following. So, you know, in the same way, I have noticed that some people say, I follow Christ out of courtesy. So they, they go to church for their wife or they go to church for their husband. It's called courtesy following. It's really easy to come to church like this and just hide with all the people. The second thing I've noticed that is relevant to the Christ follower is that some people compartmentalize the people they follow into a list. I mean, you, 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 it's, it's kind of savvy, and, 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 and what happens is you follow these certain people, and these certain people are actually your friends. They're, you know, there's about four or maybe five people that you're actually paying attention to. And then you have this other group and they are people you think that uh, people who they think you're their friend, and and then you have other social people friends, and then you get the people that you work with and and, and kind of follow their you know they, then you got the others who kind of follow their boss to let him or her think that you care and that kind. Of, then you have all these other compartmentalized followers. And I've noticed that people do that a lot of times. They are Sunday followers or weekend followers or convenient followers of Christ. And what they do is they compartmentalize Christ into a category of their life. That's a very, very, well, I'll get back to that. Third thing I've noticed is that the more people a person tries to follow, the fewer they actually know or even follow. Came across a blog. Uh, I found this blog to be extremely interesting. It's an older blog, but I came across a guy by the name of Michael Hyatt. He used to be the former CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishing, and, and uh, which I'm sure many of you know is a large Christian publishing company, very well known. He's a business leader. He has a lot of other things that are going on. But here's something he blogged about. He said he decided to unfollow 108,690 people at one time. And that was because he realized that he couldn't really effectively follow that many people. Hello? He couldn't effectively pay attention to that many messages and response of, of those messages. So I, I consider to his credit, he decided to unfollow Many so that he could, uh, you know, actually and honestly follow those with whom he really wanted to have an authentic personal communication. And friend, what I've discovered is that a Christ follower has to unfollow many to follow Christ. That's what that video was all about in the beginning. 
that Christ followers will often make decisions that will actually remake life to say, I'm not going there. I'm not entering into that path. I'm, 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 I'm not with them. I don't belong with that relationship. It's not right for me. They're not going where I'm going. They're, they've not, they're not headed where I'm headed. I'm going to unfollow so that I can authentically follow. I will shut off other voices so that I can listen to his voice. And let me tell you something. When you make that decision, it is such a powerful decision. It is a decision that people make that changes everything about their life. And I want to encourage you today to clear out the competing voices and make the decisions. Make it clear. Make it strong. Make it without apology. It's time to take back our inboxes and reserve it for the messages that we really want to receive into our life without all the other competing messages that come our way. And you know exactly what I'm talking about when I share things like this. I've had to, man, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm done with news. It's ridiculous. I, you, you talk about something that will pull you down every time. You listen to this one set of news, and then you listen to that set of news, and then you listen to these people over there, and they're all bickering about this one and this group and how this party and that party, and I'm like, you know, and I'm not doing demon, you know, and I'm like, who is it that used to go, stop the madness? I think she, things I want to say here this morning that just simply say it's time to clear out the competing voices. The great news is that everyone is, in is invited to follow Jesus, but not everyone makes the decision to follow. Following to go forward is where I unapologetically remind you that God has an amazing plan that following Jesus is the most incredible, wonderful, best option this side of eternity. And to remind you that you only experience God's plan by making a decision to follow him. It's the only way we experience that. Look, it's not as if you're pushing a button on a social network page, friend. It's not as if you're just saying, okay, all right, one time in your life. This decision is a decision that you make, and then you make it again, and you make it again, and you make it again. Are you saying I have to get saved every morning? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a fresh choice. It's a fresh decision every morning. I'm getting up, and I'm putting my stake in the ground. I'm following him. I'm looking to him. I'm not going to rest on my own laurels. I'm not just getting up one day saying yes and I'll do it, okay. And then every day from there, it's basically all about me because that's what my decisions will be. I'm making a conscious choice every morning to say yes to Jesus. Yes to what he has in store. Yes to where he's leading. I'm going to follow him. So this morning, please understand that, first of all, I'm talking to people who have never made this decision before. But I'm also talking to people who have made this decision but have not followed through with it. Hello. Because people, if you're honest with yourself today, people who find themselves having drifted away. In fact, Good chance you're not even in close proximity for him to tell you, to direct you in where he's going and what he has in store. But I want to say this morning, it's for anyone today, whether you're, you're, you're already signed up and, and, and have chosen to follow or whether you are a person who has never followed before. This is an all-inclusive opportunity 
that I want to give us this morning to make the best and the greatest decision that you can ever make in your life. And you can make it again and again to follow him, to follow him, to follow him, to follow him. Because guess what? We get so proud of ourselves, don't we? I'm going to follow him and then boom, something happens. Something falls apart. Things go wrong. You get bad news. A situation happens. Something arises. And all of a sudden, things shift for us. We seem to drift. But I'm here to tell you, when you make that conscious decision to say yes, to follow, to follow, to follow, to follow, to go forward, I can tell you that nothing compares with that decision to be a Christ follower. Nothing. You're going to find that he's in every situation you're in. He's walking through the same news that you're getting. He is with you noon, midnight, morning, every step of the way. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. I just, I, I just, I just want to say to everyone in this room that God knows you. God knows you, and guess what? He knows your story. He knows your stuff. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, God knows your stuff. That'll keep you up at night. He knows who you are, and he knows where you are. And he's inviting you to follow him. Friend, this, this is about a wife not giving up on a husband, a husband not giving up on a wife. God knows where you're at. He knows who you are. He knows your story, and again, I'll just say it, he knows your stuff. And I want to give us an opportunity today, because for many, you're just one decision away from new hope, new possibilities. New doors opening up in your life. You're one decision away from a new beginning in your life. This is not about, you know, okay, I'll do this. <laughs> Friend, this is about a brand new life, a brand new beginning. Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. Not just abundantly, more than abundantly. I love it when I get an abundant pizza. But when I get a more than abundant pizza, I just want to share it with everybody. That must have been the anointing to come up with that one right there. I just got to say. More than abundant. Friend, mm, let, let, let me just say, to give us, this is, I want you to get past your stuff. Some of us have driven in here today, and I guarantee, see, I wonder what it would be like to go out to the parking lot one Sunday morning and ask everybody to pop their trunk and to see how many had junk in the trunk. You really shouldn't be laughing. You're giving yourself away, if you know what I'm saying. But there's, it's the same thing in our own lives. How many people are sitting here this morning? We got our nice smelling clothes on. You know, we actually cleaned up to come to church or whatever and, and so forth. But the reality is we got junk in our trunk that we carry with us. And, and, and I want you to understand, God don't care about your junk. It doesn't bother him what kind of junk you have. Where you're at, what you're going, what you've been carrying, what you've done in the past. I, I want, I, I want, I want you to get past your stuff. I want you to get past your indecision. You're, you're in that place called the Valley of Decision. I mean, it's a, it's a place of hesitation. I, I want you to, I, I want to say to you this morning. That yes, that was a baby that just walked up the aisle. 
She was trying to do it so gingerly so nobody would see her. We saw you. And better yet, God saw you. I just had to. I'm sorry. At least, at least I can do that with you. Okay. There's some people over here I couldn't do that with, if you know what I'm saying. This is not some half-hearted decision or some choice just because you're making it immediately. I, I, I want to get to this. You can make a decision today that will change the course of your life and your future. You can make a choice right now, and it doesn't make you any less intelligent. In fact, it makes you a full-hearted, devoted, decided follower for Jesus. Friend, let me tell you something. When you really choose to follow him, life changes. But that comes as a choice that we make. God will not make you follow him. God will not make you choose this or choose that. Because if you don't, then you will die and go to hell and be messed up and everything's going to fall down. No, God doesn't do that. God has sovereignly chosen to restrict himself to your will, your choices. It's your choice that you make. I know some people that have said yes to accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior just so they could get that person off their back. All right, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say yes. I'll say the Lord's Prayer with you. And that person then just leaves them and walks away, never to be seen again. Just saying, oh, I led another one to Christ, you know. No, they didn't, they, no. This is... This is a, a decision that comes as a result of the Holy Spirit convicting us in our lives that we've been walking in a place of indecision. We've been walking in a place of independence. We've been walking in a place that has kept us diluted as well as disillusioned. God is speaking to our hearts today. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's speaking to you. If you're here as a believer, but for whatever reason, you're not in a place to even allow him to direct you. Oh, you want God to show you, you want God to do something. But that only comes as we follow him. Follow him. So this morning, that choice is being given to you. That choice this morning is yours. What are you going to choose? You're going to bow your heads with me this morning. Maybe you got some questions. Maybe somebody here is in a dark place. You're carrying some personal issues. But if you can just unfollow that for a minute. Can, can you just for a minute with your heads bowed. Consider your own follow and, and set aside that hesitation. To, to you know, delay or maybe make excuses for not making a decision this morning. We live in a time where people are guilty of either overthinking or underacting. And God is giving us, giving you a new opportunity and a relationship with him. You know, I like to say that you might not see all the steps in the staircase but just take the first step. So let's do this today. There's, there's so much at stake. Don't hesitate. Don't, don't, don't put this off any longer. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've been speaking into our hearts. I thank you for the challenge that is set before us because, Lord, we can become so complacent. 
in a place of good intentions. Yes, I need to do that. Yes, I need to do that. Yes, I need to, to know your word. Yes, I need to pray more. Yes, yes, I, I just, I need to take that time to get closer. Ooh. Today, Lord, you're challenging us in a way that we've not been challenged before to realize the need to follow you, to let you lead, to let you drive, to make that choice, to say yes to you, to say, I'm going to follow you. So, Lord, this morning, I pray that your is dealing with our hearts and lives. That your presence is making real your heart for us. So let me ask this with your head bowed. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with and this morning, you're making a decision. You're making a choice to say yes. Yes to Jesus. And this morning, I want to ask you right where you sit, if that's your heart, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand this morning. It's an affirmation. That, that's me. You're lifting up your hand, your heart that, that's saying yes by lifting up that hand. You're lifting up your heart that's saying yes when you slip that hand up. So if you're here this morning, and you're saying yes to him. Would you right where you sit this morning? Right where you sit. Just slip that hand up. I want to pray with you. God bless you. You want to slip that hand up and say yes to him. We want to pray with you. Right where you sit. I'm not going to prolong the invitation. It's a decision you got to make. You can't be waffling on it. You can't be stuck in the paralysis of analysis. This is a time to make a choice that will affect all of eternity. God bless you. God bless you. Father, I thank you for these hands and I thank you for this heart here this morning. And I pray that in the name of Jesus, the choice that they've made here and now is a choice changes their life forever as you become real to them. They might not know who their professor is going to be, who their roommate's going to be. They might not know a lot of the things ahead of them, but they know that right now they've been given the opportunity of a lifetime. And they're taking that opportunity by saying yes. So Lord, I Overwhelm them with your presence and with your touch. And Lord, I pray for believers here in this place this morning as well who have laid back on their decision to follow and have been stuck in that place of indecision. They've, they've been in that place of good intention. And the enemy has been routing them snagging them, pulling them down because of this. And Lord, where they are now is in a place where you actually can't even lead them because they need to know that they've got to follow to go forward. So Holy Spirit, let there be a decision made this day that says, I'm You're here this morning and you raised your hand and you said, yes, I want to pray with you this morning. I want to ask God to touch your life this morning. But first, I want to lead you in a prayer this morning, a prayer from your heart. Not, not just to repeat something here, that, that, that doesn't do anything, but I want to guide you from your heart in this prayer. It's simple. In fact, I'll ask the rest of the congregation to pray it with us, and I ask you to pray it with us. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, 
Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Save me. I'll give him praise. He's worthy of it. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Ooh. Turn to your neighbor. Smile at them. Let them know you're awake. Today marks a day of choice. Today marks a day of decision. Today marks a day where I say, now let me ask you an honest question. When you say you're going to follow to go forward, what does that look like for you? Well, I, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going I'm to read. I'm going to read five chapters of the Bible a day. I'm going to pray for at least 30 to 45 minutes a day. I'm going to, I'm going to give all my, my finances to, hey, wrong. You're making the decision that's all about you. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. There's an old old song, old song we used to sing, old Oh, you know what that means, don't you? Nobody's going to play. We, we used to sing it, into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in to stay, come in. My heart, Lord Jesus. How long has it been for you guys that have sung that? It's been even that much longer for me to remember. If a point that I'm making, the reason I know it's in my spirit right now. Because that's a choice and decision I want to make every day. It's not just about having done it. I, I you know, I understand that. Once I've done it, I, I'm saved, but I, I want to make it every day. Do, do you realize that I even ask God to forgive me every day? I need to know repentance in my life on a daily basis. Why? Because I'm following Him. I, I, believer, how much more is in store? God's got great things planned for you. There are things that are tremendously huge on the horizon for your life. And I don't care whether you're 6 or 96. God's got great things in store for you. But that's not going to take place as long as we're going in other directions. Following all this other stuff. God wants to deal with our hearts and lives this morning. So I want to challenge you. Now, I want to challenge you this morning to follow him. What, what, what are we going to have to leave to follow? What are we going to have to let go of to follow? I can guarantee you that whatever it is, he's got more in store. More in store. I got 16 songs. Into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus.
Jesus, come in day, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Lord, thank you for this day and for what you've been speaking to our hearts and lives. Thank you for being gracious. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for your loving kindness and your mercy that endures. So, Lord, as we open these altars, we bring our lives to you. We bring who we are. We bring our conditions. We bring our stuff, our junk in the trunk. We bring ourselves before you. And we lay them on this altar, Lord. And choose to follow. Lord, those who have said yes to you, let them choose this day. Let them continue to know what that choice means. And Lord, as we invite them to find that place around these altars, let them know that it's one of the biggest steps they can take. One of the biggest choices to say yes. Jesus' name as the worship team sings. As the worship team sings. Here I am to say that. Let's make a choice to say God. yes to Him. Let's find that place. You're all together. I invite you. All together worthy. All together. Worthy. 